Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. How we doing? How's life? Hopefully you guys enjoyed some football. Tennessee Bama yesterday, Bills Chiefs, Eagles Cowboys. Hopefully you didn't watch 49ers Falcons. Maybe you watched Bailey Zappi ball it out. We'll talk a lot of football. Uh, We will dive into, obviously, the Eagle game, the Chiefs, Bills game, Brady Belichick, (laughs) Brian Dayball, Kyler Murray, uh, probably get into stuff like the Packers, the Jets, some other teams that I did not see much of on Tuesday's podcast. So if you like the podcast, subscribe, three and out. You listen on college feed, greatly appreciate that. Subscribe, three and out feed. Also, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. The volume YouTube page, make sure you subscribe to that. See, I'm a good company guy. We're also on AMP, that is Amazon's uh, live audio app. Make sure you download that and you can you can find all the volume podcasts there. And God, I'm just, I'm a good teammate here. Uh, make sure you subscribe, three and out. Okay, let's dive in. Well, the Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys and now control the NFC East 26-17 at home as well as they should have. And let's face it, Philadelphia is on fire. We got the Phillies upsetting the Braves in the NLCS for the first time in 2010. We got the Sixers. Uh, They're one of, you know, have some of the best odds to win the NBA championship. Who knows? Jay got James Harden, but they got a good team. And then we got the Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. Currently 6-0 and clearly really good. Now, what's a little bizarre about them is they start fast, and they did it again tonight, up 20 to nothing. And then this season, they've kind of hit the skids in the second half. They've really struggled. But one thing I noticed tonight, right early on in the game, it's pretty incredible that they were able to acquire A.J. Brown for, what, the 17th pick? Like, that guy is a baller. I mean, I talked about it a lot when Debo was on the block. The reason you can't trade Debo is because you literally have Debo Samuel. Or then there was DK Metcalf. Like, should Seattle, they got rid of Russell Wilson. Well, it's like, yeah, you got DK Metcalf. Same thing with A.J. Brown. I like John Robinson. 
Mike Vrabel, excellent coach. They're they're competitive this year, kind of out of nowhere. But I, I like the whole point of drafting is to draft sweet players, especially elite receivers in the second round. You get a guy like that, I would try to keep him. Obviously, they had to pivot. Might have been Tannehill's contract. The Eagles really benefit because that guy's a fucking monster. And Jalen, he has gotten so much better. I, I was texting someone tonight around the Alabama program, and like, God, I was like, I never in a million years thought this guy was going to be good. Not, not this good, like good at all. Like, I, I thought it was insane that he was a second-round pick. Jalen Hurts, second-round pick? The guy that struggled to throw? The guy that, even when you watched at Oklahoma, he just kind of ran around? He is a much better thrower of the football now. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. He, he really does. But his ability to make something out of nothing, and you saw it tonight with his legs, really separates him. Because they hit the skids tonight, again in the second half. And then he made multiple plays with his legs, and it kept him alive. And then eventually, because the Eagles have so much talent, they did a great job of acquiring A.J. Brown, they got Dallas Goddard, they got Miles Sanders, and they. I, I even thought, not that this was a crazy pick, but Devontae Smith, the thing with, and we're going to talk a lot about Bryce Young as this season goes al- along and then obviously during the draft process. Devontae Smith was like 175 pounds, and I went, you know, this is the NFL, these corners, these linebackers, these safeties are big. What's going to happen when he takes a hit? And I remember having a buddy who scouted that area. They're like, I think you're kind of overthinking it. He has played his entire life at this size. He knows how to excel as a little guy. And you watch Devontae, dude is a baller. So the Eagles have a quarterback who is vastly improved, who is not turning the ball over now, and is an elite runner of the football. They have surrounded him with, Lane got hurt tonight, but an excellent offensive line, multiple stud-wide receivers, a legit tight end, and a stud running back. And you're seeing the fruits of their labor. Like, they are definitely very hard. The Cowboys, Dan Quinn, that is a big-time defense. Physical front, they tackle well. For the most part, they cover well. And they started doing a really good job in the second half. They adjusted at halftime. But when you have that much talent, it's impossible to just shut you out. And eventually, Jalen let him on a drive. It led to these RPOs, these gifts. You don't know who's getting the ball. Devontae Smith wide open, and that was essentially the game. And the talent on their team combined with the maturation of their quarterback, I don't even think it's debatable. Like, would I put all my money on them to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But if you told me right now you could see the future, you say the Eagles are the Super Bowl champions, I go, I believe you. They just have so much talent, and their quarterback is just steady now. That's the key. He's not some superstar, even though he's having a fantastic statistical year. But I just mean, like, he's not the fastest guy on the field. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He's just very under control, plays within himself, but also is able to kind of overextend himself because of the players around him. And Eagles are good, man. They just are. I think the Cowboys are good. Like, I thought tonight, one, I immediately clicked their schedule because obviously you lose this game. Even if Dak had played, Cooper Rush made some horrible decisions. They kind of settled them down in the second half, which is ultimately the key to the Cowboys. When Dak comes back, when he's healthy, he was always going to start. People are like, Middlecoff, you said the gap in talent. Yeah, I, I still believe that. I don't think physically, one, they're the same size, same weight, Dak's a little bit faster, and their arm strength is very similar. 
Now, Dak is a better player, but from a skill standpoint, they are similar. That is not debatable. I'm not making that up. That is something tangible that you can see. But when you pay a guy $40 million, there was never a quarterback controversy. I don't care how many games he won. There's going to be a quarterback controversy in New England. We'll get into that in a little bit. But when it comes to the Cowboys, when Dak comes back, their philosophy to excel with this team, play defense, which they're going to play with Dan Quinn, Micah Parsons, and all those guys, and run the ball. Hand it to Pollard, hand it to Zeke, and then play action stuff. That is the philosophy when Dak comes back, and they can be really successful. Now, you know, I, I didn't wasn't didn't have the volume on for a lot of this game. Obviously, he worked out before the game. Whether he's a week away, whether he's two weeks away, I don't know if Collinsworth dropped any nuggets. But here's what I do know. They got the Lions and the Bears coming up. So whether Cooper Rush is still playing or Dak's able to come back, this team more than likely is going to be 6-2. and two. They are not going away. They still get the Eagles at home. They, uh, have they played the Commanders? Yeah, maybe they played the Commanders once. This team is a playoff team, in my opinion, because their defense is so good, and physically they can run the ball. Like, the big knock on them last year, one was penalties, uh, which is always a problem with McCarthy, but was physicality. Like, they just weren't that tough beside Micah. They feel a lot tougher right now. And to me, that translates. That's why in that playoff game, home playoff game against the Niners, they got shoved around. And from a physical standpoint, it feels like they belong much more. Maybe they're more confident. Maybe their guys are just a little bit more mature. Maybe they're hammering the run a little more. Obviously, uh, Amari's gone, so they're a little less dependent throwing the ball. But I came away when this game ended. Listen, you you can't make a judgment off two drives or off a half because ultimately I'm judging you on the whole game. I actually learned a lot about the Cowboys. They got hit in the mouth on the road. It's a huge night for Philly, right? You got Mike Trout in the house. Meek Mill's playing songs before the game. Place is fucking buzzing. That link, I've been to 30 games there. Place is awesome when the team is good. And they answered it coming out of halftime. I I, I was impressed. That was a a fun game, which early felt like it was going to be a blowout. But obviously, the Eagles are going nowhere. I don't think the Cowboys are either. And on the other big game of the day, I was thinking about this watching these two guys play. I think my favorite part about sports is the highest levels. I say this all the time. Like, I watch pro sports for the best. Like, I I watch pro sports for Michael Jordan, for Tiger Woods, for Tom Brady, for Peyton Manning, for, you know, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. I don't watch for the little engine that could. It's why when I worked in the NFL, as a scout, you spend most of your time evaluating the fringe players. I was going to say shitty players. It's all relative. When you're in the league, that's what you call them. When you get out... Guys that are backups, practice squad guys, relative to their sport, they're way better than 99% of people. But the majority of guys in the league, especially in football, are very replaceable. And that's, as a scout, you spend so much time, it's why the scouting community can become very negative. You end up watching so many guys that aren't quite good enough or that are missing something. You actually don't spend that much time evaluating Right, you know, the Charles Woodsons and Randy Mosses and Ed Reeds and Justin Jeffersons. Those are the minority. The majority are your backup right guard, you know, some uh, third string linebacker that can cover people on special teams. And when I watch Josh Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, their talent is incredible. And I think one thing that's cool about this matchup is Patrick came into the league, became an immediate star, an immediate star. Won the MVP within the second year. He's a Super Bowl champion. He is just a headliner. 
you could see it with your eyes. You could see it with the stats. You could see it with his resume. He had it all within two years. He was a rocket ship, and he has answered the bell ever since. But he accomplished so much, so fast, you could not dispute anything. I say it all the time with basketball and baseball, like the Dodgers. They win all these games. No one, and I mean no one, gives a shit about regular season baseball games. They are irrelevant. And when you're winning 105, when you're winning 110, you got to win in the playoffs. That's the only thing we judge you on. Because these random games in the middle of the season, besides some fans watching it that night, do not matter to the grand scheme of anything. Same thing in basketball. The regular season, James Harden can average 50 a night. If he gets throttled in the playoffs, it does not matter. So once you win in the playoffs, no one can ever talk shit about you. That is the whole goal of all of sports, is to win at the highest level. In college, it's to win in the playoffs and win national championships. In college basketball, it's the NCAA tournament. In the NFL, it's the playoffs. But in football, different than the other sports, you have less games. So games, that's why we overreact to games. You only get so many. You only get 17. In baseball, there's 162 regular season games. And then obviously playoffs, it's a one-and-done scenario. There aren't series. So we put more emphasis, and rightfully so, on football games just because of the quantity of them. And also because, like in basketball, a guy might take two weeks off. You're like, why are you injured? No, I just want to take some rest. wanted to clear my head. In football, guys that are injured play in games. You never want to miss a game. And you have to earn the credibility to be considered a superstar. And last year, Josh Allen was awesome. We all knew the physical tools, and he finally put it together. But he didn't get over the hump in the playoffs, right? But it ultimately wasn't his fault. The weird part about quarterback, right? Like if Josh Allen was an NBA player, he could be like Giannis. He can play offense and he can play defense. But he couldn't play defense against the Chiefs last year in the second round. And they went two plays and they got in field goal range and the rest is history. And I didn't necessarily was hesitant to put him on Mahomes' level, but Mahomes has just done it consistently at the highest level for so long. To me, Mahomes... His will to win is elite. It's like Peyton. It's like Tom. It's like just the great players. It's it's the reason I love the Warriors. I didn't grow up a Warriors fan. And I say it, if the Warriors had Carl Anthony Towns and Kyrie Irving on their team, I wouldn't watch a fucking game. But they have guys that have this will to win. And I've watched them in the biggest moments, under the brightest lights, in the most important games. And they just find a way, whether they are throwing their fastball or whether they're off. They will find a way to have more points than you at the end of the game. And they've been doing it consistently now for almost a decade. And Mahomes is going on now almost half a decade. And the thing with Josh Allen, it was like, we all anointed him because the talent, the, the, uh, the stats, he had it all, the, the team. But part of being a superstar is... One, you got to have some intangible qualities, like the will to win, some panache, just some like pop factor, which he, which he definitely has. But you got to do it over and over and over again. Pull up Peyton Manning's football reference. Pull up Tom Brady's football reference. Pull up Drew Brees' football reference. It's 15 straight years of every fucking year answering the bell, kicking ass and taking names. And Josh Allen now has entered the chat. Because he's on a pace to me, he's the best player in the league right now, if if obviously the season's not ending right now. But if it did, if I had a vote, he would be my MVP. And he he got put up on that pedestal. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes against Rodgers and Brady. We like put him on that, and he's answered that. And he's come back. I don't know if he's better than last year because he was damn good. He's every bit as good. 
And right now, he's every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is a star. I know every single year, he's going to bring it. Now, that means he's going to lose some games. He's going to make a throw a bad pick. So will Josh. Josh will have a bad play. Who cares? I wouldn't because those two guys are in a completely different universe than everyone else, at least their peers. Obviously, Aaron and Tom have been doing it on the... It's hard to compare those guys because they're way younger, but you, you know what I mean. And I think today, Josh Allen's... What's cool about watching him play Mahomes is their will to win is the same. Like, you feel it when you're watching him. You're like, Jesus Christ, I'd want this guy. If I was a fan, I'd want this guy as my quarterback. If I was a ga- if I was get- betting on this game, I'd want money on that guy. And they just go down to the last second. Again, Patrick was the same way. I thought he threw the you know, pick that cost him the game, but I was like, whatever. I don't want to go to war with Patrick Mahomes. And I think Josh Allen, I think it's, I think you can credibly say now that they're just kind of equals. Now, he had, does not have the MVP, which I think he'll get at the end of this year, and he's got to get the Super Bowl, which they are, to me now, on the path to be the number one seed. And as we know, with the seeding now has changed because you know only one team gets the bye, that's a really big deal. And the Super Bowl having to go through Buffalo, like part of it last year is they lost in Kansas City. If they go to Buffalo, that'd be a pretty tough place to win. And uh, I, I thought today, and really all season long, but remarkable performance by Josh Allen. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code Colin. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Let's get into Belichick and Brady. Obviously, the news of the weekend, Robert Kraft got married. I love all these people like making fun of like Robert Kraft marrying this 47-year-old, like what would you do if you were 81 and super rich? Marry a 90-year-old? Like, of course he's going to marry someone younger. You're just jealous. Like, none of us, most people listening, are never going to have anywhere close to the money this guy has, the fame, whatever. If I was in his shoes and I was 81 years old, yeah, I would probably marry someone way younger than me. Like, I, I don't know if we're being funny about it, okay, but I think a lot of people are serious. Like, what do you people expect this guy to do? Now, I did think it was a little weird that he get married during football season. Like, he owns an NFL team, football season. I, I know me personally, whenever someone gets married in the fall, it's like, yeah, I don't think I can make it. I don't know. I got to work. It's hard. I, I don't play in the NFL, but it's, it's just going to be hard for me to make it. My whole business revolves around this. I had to turn down a couple weddings coming up just because I'm not a one's in Mexico. I'm like, I, I can't make it. This is how I pay my bills. Saturday, Sundays, Mondays. Like, I, I'm not able to travel and miss all day Sunday. That's not happening. Now, Robert did put it on a Friday night, but when it came to Bill, Bill and Brady, which I would say define the craft era, obviously, one guy went to the wedding and one guy didn't. And if you look at the games today, one guy won and one guy didn't. And Bill, who did not attend the wedding, won. Tom, who attended the wedding, lost. Let's start with Bill. Get ready for this. Because like I said with Dak and Cooper Rush, I never said that Dak wasn't going to get his job back. It's basic economics. Dak was always, they pay him $40 million a year. Dak Prescott, starting quarterback for the Cowboys when he's healthy. I do, I'm not backing off, though, their talent. The gap is not very wide. Now, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick did not trade up to get Mac Jones. Drafted him 15th overall. And I even I thought, that's a little high, but listen, he did it. And he started coming back to earth at the end of last season and then early on this season before he got hurt. He was not playing that well. Now, I don't pretend to know much about uh, Bailey Zappi. I know he threw a lot of yards, Western Kentucky, smaller school, very successful. Rumors, I think I heard it on like Bill Simmons' podcast. Someone around Robert Kraft said that Robert Kraft, when Matt got hurt, wanted Zappi to be the quarterback over Brian Hoyer. Didn't happen until Hoyer got hurt, and now Zappi's in. We have seen this before. Belichick does not give a shit. One, about draft status. Two, about money. In terms of, if you make a lot of money and you're the starter, and you're not as good, or you're not better than the backup who makes, one guy makes a million, the other guy makes 10 million. Just because you make more money, Belichick ain't starting the guy with more money if the guy making less money is better. He does not care about any of that. He also, I would say, no coach in the modern era, now he's missed on a lot of picks, so he's found himself in these situations, has drafted guys in the late first round, in the second round, in the third round, and pivoted off them faster when he thought, this guy can't play. This guy can't help me win. 
than Bill Belichick. He is not consumed by, well, I drafted this guy in the second round. I got to give him three years. He does not care. And Mac Jones was struggling. Now, Mac Jones was the 15th overall pick, but he's not some physically gifted freak. It's not like, well, he's still got to figure things out. He could eventually be Josh Allen. He doesn't have that in the back. In my opinion, good guy. I've heard he's a high character guy. He is one of the least talented top 15 quarterbacks, top 15 picks at that position ever. Now, there's more to quarterback than just movement, size, arm, but he doesn't have any of that. And he, you know, quote unquote, hung his hat on reading defenses, manipulating, understanding the game, managing the offense. Well, one thing that happened to Mac is he started throwing a bunch of picks. And Zappy, only, you know, two games in, really, two and a half as a starter, he threw a couple touchdowns today, 24-34. I watched some of the game. He looked calm, cool, collected. The Patriots don't even want to depend that much on the quarterback. They want to run the football, play defense, like they did with Mac Jones last year. The problem is Mac Jones last year, toward the end of last year, and then obviously early this year, it turned into some turnover machine. Belichick hates turnovers. If Zappi is not going to turn over the ball, like unlike Cooper Rush and Dak, Zappi will remain the quarterback. Mac Jones just ain't getting his job back. That is not how Bill Belichick rolls. Bill Belichick, maybe he wasn't invited. I don't know. It'd be a little weird if Kraft didn't invite Bill Belichick to the wedding, but Bill Belichick was not at the wedding. And Bill Belichick, two days later, wins, and now he's 3-3. Three and three. And let's face it, their team's kind of trending up. They beat the shit out of the Lions, bad team, but they killed them last week, and they beat the crap out of uh, the Cleveland Browns, who Jacoby Brissett is definitely coming back to earth, and their other quarterback, who's worth $280 million or $50 million or however much Jimmy Haslam got him, is getting sued left and right, right still. So they got problems. And then you got Tom, who I would say in my lifetime, the two guys, I, I, I would throw Tiger in this as well, but it's, it's Tiger's an individual sport. When it came to team sports, guys who chose their sport over literally everything is Tom Brady and Kobe Bryant of the last 20 years. And there's a story in this documentary out on the Redeem team uh, I haven't watched it, but I watched the clip on the guys telling the story. And it's like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, Chris, uh, Carlos Boozer, Carmelo Anthony. They're getting ready for the Olympics, and they're training in Vegas. I think they're playing games in Vegas and working out in Vegas. And the entire team goes out to a club. And in Vegas, there is no time. So they're all coming back to the hotel. They got practice in like three or four hours together. And they show back up at the hotel at like 6 a.m., the whole team. And there's one guy that did not go with them to the club or the concert or wherever it was. He's sitting in the lobby waiting for, I don't think it was an Uber at the time, some you know limo or whatever to take him to the gym to work out. It's Kobe Bryant. And these guys walk in and go, this is fucking nuts, Kobe. What are you doing? He's like, I'm about to go work out. And by the end of the week, the entire team, It's not going out in Vegas at all. They're getting up early, working out, and going to the gym with Kobe Bryant. Because Kobe Bryant was all in his entire career. Now, unlike Tom, I think, had mastered being a better teammate early on in his career than Kobe, but both those guys left no stone unturned when it came to their focus on their craft. And their craft happened to be basketball and football. And this year, Tom does his retire thing, which, here's my thing on the divorce. I think we're assuming that Like, Tom liked her? Like, what if I told you that Tom hadn't liked her in years? It could be two-way street. What if Giselle hasn't liked him? Like, I I don't assume that they had some happy marriage. 
I honestly would take a guess that they've been heading opposite directions for a while. So to me, people get divorced left and right, whatever. The thing that I question is Tom leaving training camp was the most abnormal thing he's done. Because ultimately you'd say, well, he retired, then he came back. Is it really that abnormal? Yeah, he, is, he was driven back by football. And nothing even happened during that time because it was like March or April. But to me, for him to leave training camp is pretty nuts. And then this week, because Kraft's getting married on Friday night in New York with Elton John playing, which sounded like a pretty cool wedding. Tom Brady leaves the team and meets them in Pittsburgh. And it was reported, even Sean Payton said like, yeah, it's a little weird. Like, I, I've never experienced that in all my years. And Tom Brady then this morning, or I guess Saturday morning, met the team. Well, he missed walkthrough on Saturday. Now, he clearly is the most accomplished guy, one, in league history, and two, on the Bucks. But then the video today of him screaming at his teammates, which is understandable, like he's the leader, he's Tom Brady, it's easier to do when you're the guy first in and last out of the foxhole. Right, we've all seen the movies with generals screaming at you know their their soldiers on the front lines, and the soldiers are like, "Bro, what the fuck? You're not even around us. You're back at the base. We're up here on the front lines, locked and loaded." And Tom, while he does come to the front lines locked and loaded on Sunday, it's like, "Bro, where were you on Friday and Saturday when we were doing the walkthrough on Saturday?" So you lose some credibility when you're not all in 24-7, 365. And that's always been his brand. And it's honestly even unfair to say the word brand. That's been him. And now it kind of feels like he's teeter-tottering back and forth. To me, this is less about Giselle and the marriage. I'll assume they haven't liked each other in years. To me, this is more now about Tom kind of becoming like an NBA player. I can just go and come as I please. How does that usually happen? You know, that's, I'll just, you're, you're, not, you're not like LeBron at 32 years old. Because football, you are very dependent on other people. The other thing is Tom, like part of his football story was he had no life. It was just all football all the time during the season. And now it feels like he's just kind of wishy-washy. And it's it's kind of weird. And, but also kind of understandable. He's 45 years old. Maybe he's just ran out of juice. Uh, it's pretty clear that he's not going to play after this year. And the Bucks got some issues. So uh, I would say that, you know, remember, Tom won that Super Bowl. So everyone acted like Bill was a village idiot. Now he's winning games with Billy Zappi, and he made the playoffs with Mac Jones. I would say Bill is gaining some traction. He's not passing Tom because Tom has that Super Bowl. But he's, you know, in, in terms of the separation, he's earned some credibility back. Uh, really quick on Brian Dayball. The first game I ever attended in the NFL was when I got hired by the Eagles and I started going to Eagles games. And obviously, when you work in the NFL, you, you spend so much time immersed in your division. And, you know, when I was there, the, the Cowboys had Tony Romo. They were a big deal. Eli, Tom Coughlin had already won a Super Bowl. Uh, the football team was pretty terrible. They were called the Redskins then. Even though I think by like my second year, they traded for RG3, and that became a big deal. But that division's a really big deal. And it's cool getting to be just kind of really – because I'm a West Coast guy. Like, I – 49ers, Chargers, you know, Broncos, Raiders, like those that was kind of the world I lived in the majority of my life growing up. Obviously, you watch teams on television, but like I wasn't inundated with NFC East most of my life, especially the New York Giants. Now, I knew about the New York Giants cuz I'm a big football fan and the rivalry with Bill Walsh and Bill Parcells. But once you kind of live it and go into game year in year out and seeing that team 
And I think my second year in the league, they won their second Super Bowl the year they beat the Patriots again. One thing that I was always blown away with with the New York Giants teams, one, Tom Coughlin was just a badass. One time I tried to give him my seat at the Combine, and he like wouldn't take it. He's just such a nice guy, but he's like an intense guy, but he's just, just a high-level guy. And he was just very impressive. Everyone around the NFL always thought very highly of Tom Coughlin. Of course they did. I mean, he's a Parcells Belichick disciple, right? But his teams and the New York Giants teams with Parcells and Coughlin were just so tough. Like to me, that was, I just remember their offensive line and defensive lines, one, were massive and they were physical. And to me, they weren't, I guess they got Victor Cruz when I was around them, but they weren't the sexiest, flashiest team. They were just tough MFers. And that's really what Tom Coughlin hung his hat on in his couple Super Bowl victories. They were not the best teams. They weren't some like 13 win powerhouses. But when it mattered, on the road against Green Bay in the frigid cold, on the road against Harbaugh and Alex Smith in a rainstorm, against Belichick and Brady twice, they could just throw haymakers, throw blows, and take them back and handle it. Because they were built of high-character, tough guys, led by Coughlin. And the Giants, ever since that kind of unraveled, have been a joke. They've had no identity. It's like, who are these guys? This is not the Coughlin, Parcells, franchise that have had so much success and been one of the biggest brands in the league. Well, you're watching this team now, and I don't think they're quite built like some of those Coughlin Parcells teams, but they have a toughness to them. And they have just like, they're not beating themselves. These last two weeks, to beat Rodgers across the pond, and then today to beat Lamar Jackson, is really impressive. And Daniel Jones now in their last three games, Daniel Jones, the first couple years of his career, turnover machine, picks, fumbles, just a disaster. And I remember when he got drafted, I thought it was insane. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't know that much about him. You know, guy from Duke. And I remember tweeting, like, this is the worst pick ever. And I had a buddy who does the SEC. He's like, actually, I think Daniel Jones is pretty solid. Now, should he be in the sixth pick? No, but I do think he's got some Alex Smith to him. And this was the good Alex Smith on the Kansas City Chiefs. And you watch Daniel Jones these last couple weeks under Brian Dayball. He's kind of just doing that. Playing within himself, not throwing picks, and they are just staying in games. And what was the reason they won today? At the end of the game, Lamar Jackson, who I've become a fan of, does the dumbest play of the day. He scrambles around, scrambles around, throws it across his body, easy pick, couple plays later, Giants have the game-winning pick, or game-winning touchdown. So the reason that Lamar Jackson loses to Daniel Jones is because one guy throws a back-breaking interception. And then he actually ended up having another fumble, but whatever. But the, the interception cost the Ravens the game. And Daniel Jones is not turning the ball over. To me, that's a reflection of Dayball. Because they don't even have the horses yet. This year, they drafted the offensive line. And they drafted Kayvon. Who did he get his first sack? Was it last week or this week? I think it might have been this week because he was crying. And they are just tough. And if they start drafting well over these next couple of years, like I, I don't think this team's winning playoff games next year. Maybe I'm underestimating. Maybe he is really good. I don't necessarily see the talent. Look at the guys that are catching passes for them. I mean, Saquon Barkley has looked phenomenal. He's got his explosiveness back. He just looks like an awesome running back again. He looks like the guy probably shouldn't have been drafted number two overall, but was like one of the best running back prospects of the last decade. And Brian Dayball deserves a lot of credit because the Giants are kind of getting back to their roots. And last but not least, before we get out of here, the Kyler Murray contract is a complete and utter disaster. 
under no circumstances, it, it wasn't a hot take when everyone with the brain kept saying, why are you going to pay this guy? In what world would you pay this guy when you don't have to? Just because he's causing a stink, make him earn it. Have him play another season, make him earn the contract. Because if they had made him earn the contract, under no circumstances would they be willing to give him this money the way this is going. I'm not saying it's going to be one of the worst contracts in NFL history, but it's got the opportunity to be one of the worst contracts in NFL history. They paid him $160, $170 million guaranteed. He did not leave a touchdown drive today. They were playing Seattle, whose defense has been atrocious. One of the worst defenses in the league. He did not lead a touchdown drive today. They cannot score points. It happens week in and week out, especially in the first half today. They didn't score a point really all game long. If it wasn't for a blocked punt, they would have had no touchdowns. No touchdowns. You're paying a guy $45 million. I get Hopkins isn't around. This guy is just a fantastic athlete. He's just, beside running around, if it does not become backyard football, he is struggling to play the position. Now they're playing Thursday night football against the Saints at home. You're paying $45 million. If they were to lose that game to be 2-5 and five with a $45 million quarterback who's fully healthy, if you talk about liking a redo, but they shouldn't even need a redo. They never should have done it in the first place. It is just a disaster, man. You watch them. They are lifeless. His body language is always so lethargic. I've never disputed his physical gifts. His arm strength, his ability to run, his deep ball accuracy when he hits balls. But he also can look terrible. I mean, balls can come out of his hands in the middle of nowhere. He takes terrible sacks. Right now, he is, he's got to be a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Geno Smith outplayed him today pretty easily. Uh, now, that's not saying much. Geno Smith has been, you know, like a top 15 quarterback this year. But, Kyler, 45 million. Think about the guys that have been paid the last couple of years. Josh Allen, star, kept kicking ass. Patrick Mahomes, star, kept kicking ass. Even Dak Prescott, who got $40 million last year off the ankle. They went 12-5, and five, won the division. Kyler, they're 2-4. and four, And they are headed nowhere fast. So, should just listen to me, man. Never would have paid Kyler and you would have had your options open. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.